This is Holden Karnofsky, and I'll be doing an amateur read-through of the blog post, This Can't Go On. If there's going to be one piece from this series that you read instead of listening to, this would be the one. It's got a bunch of graphics that are very central to the piece, so it's probably good to at least come back and look at the graphics after you listen, but I'll read it through anyway. First, the summary. This piece is part of a series explaining my view that we could be in the most important century of all time, a century in which we could transition from an earthbound civilization to a stable galaxy-wide one that is deeply unfamiliar from today's vantage point. Previous pieces in the series talked about the strange future that could be ahead of us eventually, maybe a hundred years, maybe a hundred thousand. Now I'll start to make the case that we live in a remarkable century, not just a remarkable era. Summary of this piece, we're used to the world economy growing a few percent per year. This has been the case for many generations. However, this is a very unusual situation. Zooming out to all of history, we see that growth has been accelerating, that it's near its historical high point, and that it's faster than it can be for all that much longer. There aren't enough atoms in the galaxy to sustain this rate of growth for even another 10,000 years. The world can't just keep growing at this rate indefinitely. We should be ready for other possibilities. Stagnation, which means growth slows or ends. Explosion, growth accelerates even more before hitting its limits. And collapse, some disaster levels the economy. The times we live in are unusual and unstable. We shouldn't be surprised if something wacky happens, like an explosion in economic and scientific progress leading to technological maturity. In fact, such an explosion would arguably be right on trend. And now the main piece. For as long as any of us can remember, the world economy has grown a few percent per year on average. And I have a footnote linking to a brief explanation of what it means, what economic growth means, if you're not familiar with that. Some years see more or less growth than other years, but growth is pretty steady overall. I'll call this the business-as-usual world. In business-as-usual, the world is constantly changing, and the change is noticeable, but it's not overwhelming or impossible to keep up with. There is a constant stream of new opportunities and new challenges, but if you want to take a few extra years to adapt to them while you mostly do things the way you were doing them before, you can usually personally get away with that. In terms of day-to-day -day life, 2019 was pretty similar to 2018, noticeably but not hugely different from 2010, and hugely but not crazily different from 1980. If this sounds about right to you, and you're used to it, and if you picture the future being like this as well, then you live in the business-as-usual headspace. When you think about the past and the future, you're probably thinking about something kind of like this. And then I have a chart of the size of the world economy in billions of $1990 from 1950 to the present and then projected out to 2100. And uh, plotted the way that I plotted it, it is basically a straight diagonal line up. It is a very smooth chart. It is very boring. And the projection is just a dotted line that continues the smooth diagonal trajectory of the economy. And that's business as usual. I live in a different headspace one with a more turbulent past and a more uncertain future. I'll call it the this-can't-go-on headspace. Here's my version of the chart. And now we see a chart with the size of the economy, 
starting in 5000 BC and going out to 10,000 years from now about. And it's a very jagged line. Uh, it's much more chaotic looking line for the past. And then I have multiple projections going out into the future. One of them goes way up and off the chart. Another goes way down to zero. Another kind of flattens out. And then there's kind of a goofy zigzag one. That's this can't go on. Which chart is the right one? Well, they're using exactly the same historical data. It's just that the business as usual chart starts in 1950, whereas mine starts all the way back in 5000 BC. This can't go on is the whole story. Business as usual is a tiny slice of it. And then I have a chart illustrating that, that if you zoom in on the jagged crazy chart, it gets you the boring straight up chart. Now, growing at a few percent a year is what we're all used to, but in full historical context, growing at a few percent a year is crazy. It's the part where the blue line goes almost vertical. This growth has gone on for longer than any of us can remember, but that isn't very long in the scheme of things. It's just a couple hundred years out of thousands of years of human civilization. It's a huge acceleration, and it can't go on all that much longer. And I'll explain what that means in a bit. The first chart, business as usual, suggests regularity and predictability. The second, this can't go on, suggests volatility and dramatically different possible futures. One possible future is stagnation. We'll reach the economy's maximum size and growth will essentially stop. We'll all be concerned with how to divide up the resources we have. The days of a growing pie and a dynamic economy will be over forever. Another possible future is explosive growth. Growth will accelerate further, to the point where the world economy is doubling every year or week or hour. A duplicator-like technology, such as digital people, or as I'll discuss in future pieces, advanced AI, and those, are links to, those have links to previous pieces to explain them, could drive growth like this. If this happens, everything will be changing far faster than humans can process it. Another possible future is collapse. A global catastrophe will bring civilization to its knees or wipe out humanity entirely and will never reach today's level of growth again. Or maybe something else will happen. Next section. Why can't this go on? A good starting point would be an analysis I link to and that I'll give my own version of here. Let's say the world economy is currently getting 2% bigger every year. This implies that the economy would be doubling in size about every 35 years. If that holds up, then 8,200 years from now, the economy would be about 3 times 10 to the 70th times its current size. There are likely fewer than 10 to the 70th atoms in our galaxy, which we would not be able to travel beyond within the 8,200 year time frame. So, if the economy were 3 times 10 to the 70th times as big as today's and could only make use of 10 to the 70th or fewer atoms, we'd need to be sustaining multiple economies as big as today's entire world economy per atom. Now, 8,200 years might sound like a while, but it's far less time than humans have been around. In fact, it's less time than human agriculture-based civilization has been around. Is it imaginable that we could develop the technology to support multiple equivalents of today's entire civilization per atom available? Sure. But this would require a radical degree of transformation of our lives and societies, far beyond how much change we've seen over the course of human history to date. And I wouldn't exactly bet that this is how things are going to go over the next several thousand years. It seems much more likely that we'll run out of new scientific insights, technological innovations, and resources, 
and the regime of getting richer by a few percent a year that we're all used to will come to an end. After all, this regime is only a couple hundred years old. I also linked to another post doing a similar analysis looking at energy instead of economics. It has the limits coming even sooner. If you have 2.3% annual growth in energy consumption, which is less than what's been true for the U.S. since the 1600s, this would use up as much energy as is produced by all the stars in our galaxy within 2,500 years. Next section, explosion and collapse. So one possible future is stagnation. Growth gradually slows over time, and we eventually end up in a no-growth economy. But I don't think that's the most likely future. The chart above doesn't show growth slowing down. It shows it accelerating dramatically. What would we expect if we simply projected that same acceleration forward? Modeling the human trajectory by Open Philanthropy's David Rudman, which I link to, tries to answer exactly this question by fitting a curve to the pattern of past economic growth. Its extrapolation implies infinite growth this century. Now, infinite growth is a mathematical abstraction, but you could read it as meaning we'll see the fastest growth possible before we hit the limits. In a previous piece that I linked to, The Duplicator, I summarize a broader discussion of this possibility. The upshot is that a growth explosion could be possible if we had the technology to copy human minds or something else that fulfills the same effective purpose, such as digital people, which is from a previous piece that I linked to, or advanced enough AI. In a growth explosion, the annual growth rate could hit 100%, meaning the world economy could double in size every year, and that could go on for at most 250 years or so before we hit the kinds of limits discussed above. Or we could see even faster growth. We might see the world economy double in size every month. That could be sustained for at most 10 years before hitting the limits, or faster. That would be a wild ride. Blindingly fast growth, perhaps driven by AIs producing output beyond what we humans could meaningfully track, quickly approaching the limits of what's possible. Once we hit those limits, we'd have to see much less per year change than we see now. In addition to stagnation or explosion, there's a third possibility, collapse. A global catastrophe could cut civilization down to a state where it never regains today's level of growth. Human extinction would be an extreme version of such a collapse. This future is not suggested by the charts, but we know it's possible. As Toby Ord's book The Precipice argues, asteroids and other natural risks don't seem likely to bring this about, but there are a few risks that seem serious and very hard to quantify. Climate change, nuclear war, particularly nuclear winter, pandemics, particularly if advances in biology lead to nasty bioweapons, and risks from advanced AI. So with the three possibilities in mind, stagnation, explosion, and collapse, some observations. We live in one of the two fastest growing centuries in all of history so far. Those are the 20th and 21st centuries. It seems likely that this will be at least one of the 80 fastest growing centuries of all time. If the right technology comes along and drives explosive growth, it could be the number one fastest growing century of all time by a lot. And if things go badly enough, it could be our last century. So it seems like this is a quite remarkable century, with some chance of being the most remarkable. This is all based on pretty basic observations, not detailed reasoning about AI, which I will get to in future pieces. Next section, scientific and technological advancement. It's hard to make a simple chart of how fast science and technology are advancing the way we can for economic growth. 
but I think that if we could, it would give a broadly similar picture as the economic growth chart. A fun book I recommend is Asimov's Chronology of Science and Discovery. It goes through the most important inventions and discoveries in human history in chronological order. The first few entries include stone tools, fire, religion, and art. The final pages include Halley's Comet and warm superconductivity. Now, an interesting fact about this book is that 553 out of its 654 pages take place after the year 1500, even though it starts in the year 4 million BC. I predict other books of this type will show a similar pattern, and I believe there were, in fact, more scientific and technological advances in the last 500 years or so than the previous several million. And then I have a timeline graphic to illustrate this, and it's focused on energy and transportation, which was a somewhat arbitrary choice. I think any categories I chose would look similar. And, you know, we start about 10,000 years ago, and you have the first sailboats about 5,500 BC, and then the first wheeled transportation about 4,000 BC, but then things speed up, and you have the steam engine surge in the use of coal energy, steam locomotive transportation, widespread electric power, the first modern car, the first plane flight, the first nuclear power plant, first photovoltaic solar panels, the first space travel. Those are all just concentrated right around where we are, just the blink of an eye ago on this timeline, looking at thousands of years. So as with economic growth, the rate of scientific and technological advancement is extremely fast compared to most of history. As with economic growth, presumably there are limits at some point to how advanced technology can become. And as with economic growth, from here, scientific and technological advancement could stagnate, as some are concerned is happening, explode, if some technology were developed that dramatically increased the number of mines pushing forward scientific and technological development, or collapse due to some global catastrophe. Final section, neglected possibilities. I think there should be some people in the world who inhabit the business-as-usual headspace, thinking about how to make the world better if we basically assume a stable, regular background rate of economic growth for the foreseeable future. And some people should inhabit the this-can't-go-on headspace, thinking about the ramifications of stagnation, explosion, or collapse, and whether our actions could change which of those happens. But today, it seems like things are far out of balance with almost all news and analysis living in business as usual. One metaphor for my headspace is that it feels as though the world is a set of people on a plane blasting down the runway. And I have a moving image of that, of just a view out the plane window as you're just blasting down the runway. We're going much faster than normal, and there isn't enough runway to do this much longer, and we're accelerating. And I feel like every time I read commentary on what's going on in the world, people are discussing things like how to arrange your seatbelt as comfortably as possible, given that wearing one is part of life, or saying how the best moments in life are sitting with your family and watching the white lines whooshing by, or they're arguing about whose fault it is that there's a background roar making it hard to hear each other. And if I were in this situation and I didn't know what was next, which happens to be liftoff, I wouldn't necessarily get it right, but I hope I'd at least be thinking, this situation seems kind of crazy and unusual and temporary. We're either going to speed up even more or come to a stop or something else weird is going to happen. <laughs> 